It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the Locked On Wizards podcast, biggest takeaways from the Wizards' loss in their first scrimmage versus the Denver Nuggets Wednesday, the top players of the game, and shoulda, coulda, woulda had Bowl Bowl. All that and more on Locked On Wizards podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. And Wednesday, the Wizards tipped off their first of three exhibition games versus the Denver Nuggets in an 89-82 loss. We've got to get into it, of course. My initial thoughts, well, for one, they're shaking off rust. It's very obvious for both teams. And anybody that played Wednesday, and of course, we'll see more Thursday and Friday throughout the rest of the week as teams take the court for their first time against another opponent. Everyone is rusty right now. Everyone is trying to get back into a rhythm, a game rhythm for the Wizards. Kind of reminds me of a college or a high school team that just lost a big senior class to graduation and what you normally see in their preseason games as they're trying to see which rising upperclassmen will take over the reins. And that's how I saw the Wizards Wednesday. We saw some sloppy plays, some missed layups, missed passes. That was expected, though. But also there was a glimpse of hope that I saw throughout the game that I can't and won't overlook from the Wizards. They're young, they're scrappy, they're counted out, but they also have been playing, but they also have been working just to to continue to progress each and every day. One thing that they're talking about is the need to communicate even more since they're trying to figure out so much and be able to hear each other now without having fans. That's a big benefit. Without having the loud noise of a normal arena, it's quieter, they can hear each other on the floor, so they need to talk even more to make sure they're all on the same page. With these 10-minute quarters, the fake fans and the fake audio, I'm definitely curious to know what you guys think about the fake audio. I think it's, For me, I think it's a great idea for the NBA to try to bring some of that live audience feel to a game. It's really creative how they have the clips of fans and cheers that are playing for each team. So I'm definitely interested to know more what you guys think about that. Now, something I saw from the Wizards, it seems as though as the game progressed, they felt more comfortable in the second half specifically. As Troy Brown Jr. said, at first it felt a little awkward, but they realized that they had to be each other's biggest cheerleaders. And one thing I like about what Brown is saying there is part of the bubble and the NBA restart season with it being so different and unique is you have to find ways to adjust to this environment. This is not your normal playoff or end of the regular season environment. This is an environment where it's just you, your opponent, whoever's the game personnel, and fake audio. So it is going to take time during these scrimmages to not only get back into playing, but also really to just adjust to the circumstances as is. So one thing they saw in the scrimmage was just how they had to talk even more, encourage each other, pick each other up on the bench, on the court. Everyone had to find a way to be more vocal to help them be on the same page and be each other's biggest cheerleaders without having fans there to help push them along. The biggest thing also to remember for any team is that when they step between the lines, I know everybody keeps asking you know, how did it feel to play basketball again? Or how is this any different? When you step between the lines, it's all just basketball. At the end of the day, these players aren't focused on who is or isn't in the crowd. They're not focused on anything except playing basketball. I know for Rui Hachimura, he was talking about how he's never experienced a game at this level without a crowd. It definitely felt different, but he was just happy to play basketball, during, especially during this difficult time. With so much going on in the world, 
we weren't even sure if sports were going to come back. So now for the NBA to have put together a plan to restart safely, these players are just thankful and appreciative to have the chance to be able to do what they love, regardless who or how many people are watching in person versus at home. But I know something that was also exciting was Rui Hachimura hit the opening jumper seconds into the game. That was like a breath of fresh air, like, oh, basketball is back, finally. But then there was a moment of, of worry when the Wizards went down at the end of the first half. And I was actually very encouraged to see how they came back. I think right before halftime is an important part for, for every team. You don't want to go into halftime down. You want to go into the break with momentum. And for them to have been down by 13, make a comeback with a run to close out the half, close that gap, and now you're going into the break with more momentum. And then for the rest of the game, actually, they did not trail by more than a single-digit margin. That says a lot. That's a moment that could have easily switched and swung the other way if the Nuggets were able to, con- to build that 13 lead into, let's say, a 20-point lead. It opens the game up a lot more. So to see the way they fall back trailing by 13, which is not much, but easily could have built to 20 or 25, that was an encouraging moment for me watching the Wizards. Now, offensively, they struggled. That's no surprise. They shot just 36.5% from the field, went 9 for 34 from the three, which 26.5% from beyond the arc. That's not a surprise for me at all. Their shots are going to start to fall. They will start to get a rhythm down, but the encouraging part is the fact they were looking to shoot. Now, we saw some great looks, and we saw down the stretch where that did hurt them in the game because they weren't able to convert on some shots that would have allowed them to take the lead. And so the biggest thing for the Wizards is to re- when you look across the board and you see Hachimura took 14 shots, Troy Brown Jr. 13, Jerome Robinson 11, they led the team in field goal attempts, and they're looking to shoot. Now, I think there are moments, again, that they could have been a little bit more aggressive to get into the basket or looking to pull up from the perimeter. This is a great experience for these young players to play against veterans like the Nuggets, all-star players that the Nuggets have, like the Joker, and to have finished with 22 assists in a 40-minute game. That number really stood out to me, too, because I know something that they've been talking about is their unselfishness, sharing the ball, working the ball around the floor, and creating open looks for players. So to see that they were able to get a number of assists, and it could have been more had they scored some of those shots, especially down the stretch that they missed, but the unselfishness and making the extra pass is going to be something that helps this young team. They were also very well balanced. Across the board, you see of the 12 players that saw action, 11 of them attempted at least four field goal attempts. Every player that stepped on the floor was looking to shoot, looking to find ways to impact the game. That says something in itself. And I know Brooks had a great quote post-game talking about the team and about what he saw from them in their first scrimmage. I thought we played extremely hard. I thought we played together. The ball was moving. Uh, defensively, we were battling. They had, you know, a couple of uh, funky lineups out there with all their bigs because they had a lot of the guys are not here. Um, the thing that we didn't do, we didn't make shots. Uh, we had a lot of. I thought we had a lot of great looks, and we had a chance to take the lead uh, quite a few times. And down the stretch, um, when we made the little run, we missed a couple open threes. But you know, overall, I, I'm very pleased with our energy and our effort, our teamwork. Uh, it's just great to be out here playing basketball again. It's, it's great to be uh, playing against another team also. And both teams struggled just as many did Wednesday. The Nuggets did finish with 25 turnovers, which says a lot about what the Wizards were able to do defensively, which is an area that I know we have spoken about here on Locked On Wizards before, that they're looking to fine-tune 
and strengthen as they're trying to make each game not a shootout and finding ways to be locked down defensively. So coming up in segment two, we'll break down the lineups and some top players from the Wizards Nuggets scrimmage that we saw on Wednesday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who says car repairs have to be expensive for quality? Well, for over 20 years, rockauto.com has been the place to get everything done from brake parts to tail lamps to even new carpets. And regardless if you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer, it's easy, convenient, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. It's a family business that puts your family first. We're still in the midst of a pandemic dealing with COVID-19, everyone. So why spend twice as much for the same parts when you can save money for you and your family? Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for countless makes and models. And one of the best parts about it, whether you're on your phone or your computer, you have quick service right at your fingertips. So go head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we at Locked On Wizards sent you. We have to get into the starting lineup that we saw Coach Brooks put on the floor for the Wizards in their first scrimmage against the Nuggets. Wednesday, we were predicting here on Locked On Wizards what we thought the starting lineup was going to be. Well, it was released, and we got to see it play out. We guessed Ish Smith, Shabazz Napier, Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Isaac Bonga. I was close. I was very close. I missed Troy Brown Jr., who started in place of Ish Smith. But the other four... I was correct on. Just want to throw that out there. We had Shabazz Napier, Bonga, Brown, Hachimura, and Bryant start in the lineup. We know Thomas Bryant was a question mark coming into the game, especially having not had the chance to get as full of a return-to-play process as the rest of the team. But his minutes were limited. I like that Brooks allowed him to get seven minutes in, get a run up and down the floor, get a chance to be in some game action. I mean, that's something that's going to go such a long way for him, even if it's just seven minutes to be able to get him back into the swing of things. And like he said before, he will be a full go come game time. And I'm going to hold him to that. I'm pretty sure Thomas Bryant will be ready to go by July 31st. I also like the move by Brooks to reward Bonga in that starting lineup. Everyone keeps talking about how he's returned, how he's improved, how he's been impressing players and coaches. So why not reward him with getting a run from the start? Bonga did have a, a, an impressive game. I think that he's going to be someone that can be a spark for them. And as his confidence continues to grow, we'll see how he continues to find ways to score more and be more involved offensively and to help them be more solidified defensively. Jan Mahinmi was out dealing with a groin injury, but Coach Burke says it's nothing serious. So I'm expecting to possibly see him back, if not Saturday, at least by Monday's scrimmage versus the Lakers. As for the Nuggets, how about that starting lineup? My goodness. I know we're talking all things Wizards here, but the largest, tallest lineup that we have seen in the starting five, as it looked like the Monstars from Space Jam were stepping on the floor. With all five players over 6'7", all players that have played center before, or at least power forward before, in Jeremiah Grant, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, Bol Bol, 
Mason Plumley, three, not one, not two, but three seven footers. And we claim the NBA is a small shooting league, but they're showing it's also a tall shooting league. The Nuggets are able with that lineup. Honestly, they have a lot of people scared right now. I know people are like, Rockets, watch out. Just think about the ability to have five players over six, seven, three of them being seven footers that can shoot. The Joker at the, at the point? The Joker bringing the ball up? He's a player that's played center, and he's now your point guard. You have players that can shoot. We saw them on the boards. They're hard to compete with, obviously. Blocking shots, being a presence in the paint, getting out able to defend on the perimeter. They're agile bigs. They're, they're not your old school 90s bigs, just a typical five staying in the paint. They're agile bigs that can do it all. This is a scary look, not only for the Western Conference, but the entire league. If the Nuggets are able to continue to play at this level, of course, it's just a scrimmage and it's, it's early, but wow. That that definitely caught me by surprise. I just the first thing I kept thinking of was the Monsters, the image of Space Jam with Michael Jordan and the and the Monsters around him. Wow, I know the the Nuggets are missing a few players. Not sure that that really matters in the long run because having those five able to step on the floor the way they did play, and and be so versatile, scary, very very scary. I just can't look past that starting lineup. It looked like an NBA cheat code. Honestly, when they first walked on the floor together. But we saw for the Nuggets, Troy Daniels finished with 22, Bobo 16. And we'll get into more about Bobo in the next segment. And the Joker also finished with 16. No surprise if Wizards were out-rebounded. I know that's something we discussed in Wednesday's show. But they at least competed on the glass and defended really well when they, as they were able to force 25 turnovers. I think that's something that, again, as we talk about looking at this Nuggets roster, to see the way that the Wizards were able to compete with them Force turnovers. I mean, rebounds were, were they were at least they are competing. You're not always going to play teams of five guys that are over six seven, and and every single player having to really bump and compete on the on the glass like they had to. I think that's something also that will in, in the long run be a benefit to them not to play against these all stars. The Nuggets are a top team in the league for a reason, and that's a great test for the Wizards in their first game, and of course to play two more of the top teams in the league with the Clippers and Lakers in the in the upcoming games that they have. This is a great test. They're they're jumping right into it without a doubt. And there were there were some players that I was really watching heavily. Admiral Schofield looks slimmer. Looked like he I mean he's someone that's gonna be a great role player for them. He's very mature, defensive minded, which is something that they're they're going to need. Thomas Bryant getting his minutes in. You know, I was curious to see how he'd return, especially to see if there were any lingering symptoms or anything. I know he's mentioned in press conferences. He feels great. He feels 100%. But you still never know how it's going to translate into a game against another opponent. So to see him get a run in for seven minutes and just to see him, that was encouraging. Again, Bonga, another player, a player we've talked about a lot that has been impressive. Jerome Robinson, someone else that actually stood out to me with the way he was looking to, you know, be an offensive presence, get shots create. That was encouraging. Mo Wagner, someone else that's also been a a great role player for them. I mean, Wagner, Robinson, and Bonga maybe a little too excited getting back into playing. Robinson and Bonga fouled out. Wagner was one foul away, almost fouling out. But honestly, seeing even them getting to foul trouble was just kind of like a a sign testament to what this young team is all about. They're still figuring out their, their they're anxious, they're excited, they're eager to be back on the floor, brought high energy, they were playing scrappy and playing hard, and the fouls are going to come because of that. 
they're trying to figure so much out, but I like that they were fouling almost. I mean, nobody wants to foul out, but I like they were fouling just because it shows they were out there trying. They were taking risks. They were trying to get steals, trying to force turnovers to bump and compete. So I'm okay with that, especially this early. And as we keep talking about how they're trying to figure themselves out, that just is a sign to me of just how eager and excited they are to be back. Just some really solid play on on both ends of the floor for the Wizards. Two players that I definitely want to highlight. Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown Jr. Both played very aggressive and very assertive. The two players that I thought stood out the most and were really players that, in my opinion, showed that they can be leaders for this Wizards team. Starting off with Hachimura, I know Brooks talked to him without DB and Beal being there. He, he told him to be more aggressive, and he focused on that, finding ways to step up. And Hachimura felt like he needed to, and that's what he did. And after the game, Brooks had this to say about Rui. I thought he was good. He was um, he was obviously aggressive, and but he he got good shots. He gets to his spots. I love about this. I love this about his game. He gets to his spots and he he gets on balance and he takes the shot. And those are very high percentage shots. And I think he just needs to keep doing that. Uh, there's going to be games where he doesn't have the high you know high end shots, but I like the way he played tonight. I'm really pleased how he came back and really you can just see that. Uh, he just, he just, he just has a good feel for the game for being, you know, a young player in the league. So Rory Hachimura seemed very comfortable in his role, having more of the off- offense run through him. You see, he's of course still finding a rhythm, but as noted before, he played well. He hit six for fourteen from the field, five for six from the free throw line, fifty percent in his two attempts from three. And finished with a near double-double with 18 points and nine rebounds. It's encouraging for the rookie to have an impressive first game back, especially versus the top team in the league, playing the Nuggets. I think he can be more aggressive and, and look to take some more open looks from the perimeter. I thought there were times he was hesitating, faking, or even passing up open looks to dribble or, or make an extra pass that he could have shot in that opportunity. It is a shooting league, and as the Nuggets and many teams show, regardless your size, regardless you know what, if you're the first player on the roster or sixth or seventh player off the and coming off the bench, you have to be confident and get to the point that you can smoothly, without hesitation, pull up from the field, not only to help make your game unpredictable, but to also stretch defenses out and add more range to your game. And I think for Rui Hachimura, that's an area that we can see him be a bit more aggressive with. And then for Troy Brown Jr., a player that was not hesitating or overthinking. That was one of his strengths. We've seen him in practice and scrimmages so far against his teammates. That's something he's been doing. He's been like a highlight reel at times. You know, his ability to get to the basket, attack the rim with speed, with strength, whether it's a dunk, whether it's driving and dishing, he really has been someone that has been kind of getting a lot of oohs and ahs because of that. He had 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Also was four from six from inside the arc and had a pair of highlight reel dunks. But his ability, again, really comes down to just him being able to find holes in the defense that he can attack to get to the basket. I noticed in practice that he was playing with that fluid eating confidence, and I saw it translate over against the Nuggets, which is something I was curious to see how he would and if he would bring that same energy, and he did. He's very shifty. He's, he uses his body well to be able to take contact as he's driving to the basket. And he's got great vision, knowing when to dish, when to go. And so I, that's something that I was very encouraged by to see in the game versus the Nuggets. And after the game, he had this to say about the way that he was playing and, and what he saw from his, himself and his teammates. 
Um, well, I mean, I feel like my confidence is sky high right now. I mean, at the end of the day, this is an opportunity for me to come out and show what I'm capable of and try to lead the team as best as I can. And so uh, for me, I feel like it was one of those things where we were out there and I was able to get the feel of the game. I had a couple turnovers that I thought were unnecessary and stuff, but it's just more so about getting the feel of the game back. And so, I mean, I've always played point guard, uh, so it's nothing new to me. Uh, passing hasn't really been something that, you know, it, it hasn't been something that's been uncomfortable for me. Um, and so tonight, that's what we needed, especially with those big lineups out there. We just needed somebody to create and, you know, facilitate a little bit. So I tried to take advantage of that role. It just seemed like Troy Brown Jr. was just playing. He's young. He's going to make mistakes. And, you know, it was very encouraging to see how he was able to translate from practice into the game versus the Nuggets. And he is the type of player that, as he mentioned in his post-game conference, he's the type of player that can just fill in wherever needed. Whatever the team needs, he can do. He's a, he's a utility player in that sense. He's not always going to bring the same level in terms of scoring, but he'll always bring the same level of finding ways to impact the game. And that's what he's trying to do right now. He was talking about how when it was Beal and DB on the roster, he was just playing off of them. Now without them, finding ways to step up. He's the type of guy that just has the right mentality and approach of course, we've seen his balling in the bubble vlog. So he's also a, a team player helping to, to get his teammates involved, even if it's off the floor and in their personality-driven, funny vlog videos that he's posting. But he is just an all-around good player to have. You look at what he brings, the energy. He just plays. No hesitating, not playing scared. He is going to just step on the floor and play with that confidence, swag, finding ways to impact the game. So coming up in segment three, Talking about impacting the game, we have to get into what had NBA Twitter going crazy Wednesday around the Wizards-Nuggets matchup. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Should've, could've, would've had Bobo in a Wizards jersey, but he's with the Nuggets instead. Ah, NBA Twitter was going crazy. Aside from the incredibly large monsters like starting five that we saw from the Nuggets, we saw Twitter going crazy talking about the Wizards-Nuggets game Wednesday. And unfortunately, it was mostly around Bulbul, who the Wizards could have had on their roster. We all remember the 2019 draft. Bulbul was passed on in the second round. The Wizards instead took Admiral Schofield. Bulbul, whose father actually played in Washington, went to who else but the Nuggets at number 44 overall. And did boy, oh boy, did he show that they may have made a mistake. Now, I will say this. It's a scrimmage. And the first scrimmage of the NBA restart, a lot of pieces missing, a lot of, a lot just going on in this first scrimmage. So I'm not going to take what we saw from Bulbul in his NBA debut as the Wizards completely passed up on him. Admiral Schofield, also so young. We still don't know what these two players are going to have in terms of potential and, and their career, how it's going to pan out. But I will say Bull Bull was very impressive Wednesday. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks. We saw him get a block, bring it up the floor, knock down a 3 from deep. 
ooh, that was kind of a, you know, there were some plays that I was cringing a little, thinking he could have been with the wizard. Overall, he still is very young, and we're still going to see how he continues to translate in the game. Of course, the fact that he's seven feet tall does say a lot for his ability, his versatility, his size at 7'2", to be able to, on one end, get blocks and rebounds. On the other end, not only get to the basket, but also have range to shoot from beyond the three with ease. It's kind of scary. And also scary to think about the potential he has in this league. And the Denver Nuggets specifically tend to be a team that, when you look across the board, not only with their size, but just the way that they coach, the way that they run through their rotations, he's not just a five or four or a three in this matter. He's someone that's going to be able to do it all for the Nuggets. So kind of scary to think that he could have been with the Wizards. I mean, he was pulling up from deep with ease, throwing full court passes like it was nothing. It's just a first scrimmage, though. So before Wizards fans lose it completely, I know that hurts to see. And I'm not going to say they completely 100% missed on him. There are some other teams that missed, too, of course. But it still is a little tough, especially knowing that right now the Wizards are without B.O.D.B., John Wall, and he could have been in a Wizards jersey. But Wednesday night, that was one of the major talks of NBA Twitter, along with the Monstars starting five that they had. And as for Admiral Schofield, again, he's going to be a great player for the Wizards and a good player in the league, solid role player, very smart player that's, that's mature and brings a level, especially on the defensive side, that'll help the team out in the long run. So we'll see what becomes of him as an NBA player and Bobol. But for Wednesday, Bobol definitely impressed, and NBA Twitter didn't make sure to make note of it. In all of the comments and things I saw across my timeline. But I'm, I'm excited for Bobo and the Nuggets because that's a team that honestly may be a sleeper for many. Especially looking at how the Joker is looking and playing. His size looks like he's been working out and eating right and training. Bobo, a great start into the NBA. Very scary sight again, not just for the Western Conference, but the entire league. As that's a team that right now is looking like could be an NBA championship. Content, strong contender at that. Not just a contender, a very strong contender. So Wizards fans, hang in there because we'll see what happens in the long run. It's a marathon, not a sprint. The Wizards will get there, okay? So we have one scrimmage under the Wizards' belt. Next up, they take on the Clippers Saturday, the Lakers Monday, as they get a chance to face two more of the top teams in the league in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the Clippers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers. And in our final edition of Locked on Wizards for the week, we have to preview Saturday's game, finally get into some details around Jared Utoff, more on Isaac Bonga, Hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and join us back Friday, and then each and every day at that, not just Friday, come back some more as we prepare for the team's next exhibition games and the start of the NBA season, officially July 31st, as the Washington Wizards take on the Phoenix Suns. So I'm your host, Renee Washington. You're listening to Locked on Wizards right here on Locked on Podcast Network. Washington, out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.